It's extraordinarily rare that Jimmy and I are at a loss for words, but here we are, and we're going to have to find some way to talk about this. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama, Luke Robinson and me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm all right. You know, we recorded a show yesterday and just our normal, regular show that we would record on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, I guess it was. And uh, I never would have guessed we'd be back here 24 hours later talking about this. No, and of course, we're talking about the uh, Darius Miles situation. Um, for those who don't know, if, if you're listening to this podcast, surely to God, you know, you know, um, uh, you, know. you got to know something. I mean, it was on the Today Show. Today, first of all, Jim, before I get into all that, want to thank everybody for making us your first listen. We do appreciate it. Um, we, I felt a little guilty for not putting out a, a video after we heard the news, but I, I really wanted to wait till some more news came in. Um, because here's the first thing: the headline is Darius Miles arrested and and um, charged with capital murder, and everybody's like. Oh, my God. It's so hard to even read the story after the headline because the headline seems to tell you everything, right? I mean, as my my phone goes off again, I'm sorry, in the most inappropriate time ever, as always. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the headline seems to the, – the headline is, is made in such a way that you immediately want to text people without even reading the right. body of the story. Um, and that's, again, it is what it is. I'm not blaming the headline. It is what it is. But a few things we don't know. In fact, we pretty much believe Darius Miles was not the shooter. We don't know exactly whose gun it was, what the situation was, what happened. We do know there was a um, beautiful 23-year-old woman who lost her life. That's a shame. That's a mother. Um, and it's awful. And Darius Miles was somehow connected to all this, maybe just by being there uh, and being in the car. That is all we really know. I have seen every rumor under the sun that involves other basketball players that, you know, were they there? Were they not there? Was it one of their guns? Was it one of their girlfriends? Was it? I've seen all these just like y'all have. I We don't know if any of that is remotely true. We do. I did see a report on a credible, moderately credible news source that uh, two other players, uh, Miller and Bradley, were interviewed and released. I would consider that to be good news under the circumstances because if you, if you are going to be interviewed, the best thing that can happen is you're released, right? I mean, you're the law-talking guy. You tell me. Okay. Uh, my uh, vast legal experience in uh, law school and then practicing law – I agree. Being interviewed and then released is way better than being interviewed and being held. So exactly. Okay. But my point is some people are like, technically speaking, yes. Some people will be like, well, why were they interviewed? That's awful. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. If, if, if you're, if you're going to be interviewed, you got to start looking at it like, okay, if, if, 
I'm going to be there. I'd rather, you know, if I'm going to be in the vicinity of this, I don't want to be interviewed. Uh Oh, but I'm going to be interviewed. If I'm going to be interviewed, what's my best case scenario? Just being released. That's the best case scenario. Here's the other thing that somebody told me that is so true. They said, what's the real sad part of this? And I'm not going to make a social commentary. Don't get me wrong to distract you from what happened here. I don't want to do that. Darius Miles was somehow involved in this, at least to the extent that he was in the presence of somebody who shot somebody else. That That's all we know. And that happened. So I'm not trying to escape that. But here is something that was brought to my attention that can be used every time something like this happens to one of your favorite players. If this didn't involve an Alabama basketball player, guess what? Nobody would be talking about it. And that's that's very that's a sad statement. It's true. And I don't want to get it, I don't want to get it twisted in that I'm trying to distract you from the Alabama basketball part. I don't want it to seem like I'm being a homer here. Um I've also seen on Twitter some the best of humanity and of course the worst of humanity. Uh, I should call out some of these people. There's one a particular Auburn fan who does not uh, he, he does not represent all Auburn fans. He, he was uh, making some really horrific statements about this and how it reflects on the basketball program in Tuscaloosa and the, and Nate Oates and all these other things. And all I could think was, man, you got to be a sorry human being to uh, go off on to, to use this as a platform to go off about uh, a basketball program because that's not it at all. And here's the other thing. We're going to talk about how this affects the basketball program in the next segment. But if you had told me, first of all, I would have a hard time believing anybody on this on this basketball team would even be around a situation like this. I would have a hard time believing it. I, I could believe it on some some other programs and other teams in Alabama's past. Uh football, baseball, basketball, whatever. I, I could believe it with some of the guys that I've seen just by body language and what little I know about um, some things that, have, that they've done in the past, not this particular team. But if you had said, okay, Luke, for sure, 100%, some guy on this basketball team was around a situation like this, Darius Miles would have been the last, last guys I would have brought up. Because if you just watch him on the court – not even when he's playing, like on the bench, whatever. He is aloof. He is um, he's fun. He's he's dancing. He's he's sort of like teaming it up with the team. You know, he's, he's doing all these. He's known as uh, the team. He's known as the team comedian. I mean, in correct. terms of like the pers- personalities on the team, and if you ask everybody on the team about who does, I mean, he's he's the team comedian. Now, let me also add. I probably would have said that at the beginning of the year. Now that we've gone half the year and Darius Miles was away from the team for a little bit, for what Nate Oates said, right. honestly, this is not an injury. He had some personal issues. As a guy who is uh, who knows a little bit about uh, mental – who is, has been around some mental health stuff, I know now – when you say that, that's not a joke thing. That's not like a he's sad or he's mad about something. No, he, he's probably dealing with some things. And you don't know what direction this is going to take. So now I might have changed my opinion on it. But, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad person. It just means he is probably dealing with some things mentally um, that are – and don't we all, again, 
some people are going to mistake that as Luke, you're taking up for Darius Miles being in this situation. He shouldn't have been in this situation ever. That is beside the point. Um, but Jimmy, in the end, this is just an awful, awful, awful situation. There is no winner. There is no prize. This is uh, this is sad every which way. There, there are multiple victims here. Some lost their life. Some are going to lose a quality of life forever. And it's um, it's just awful. Do you have anything else to add before we take a break and talk about how this affects the team in the next segment? Not, not really. Not really. I would just uh, warn against or, or just urge everyone not to engage in a lot of public speculation until we know more facts. Uh, Coach Oates is going to talk to the media today. Luke and I are recording this on Monday morning, and, and uh, you know, Coach Oates may have already spoken by the time you all listen to this. I think it's supposed to be at noon today. Uh, if there's dramatic new news, uh, Luke and I may, may do another show later this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, if there is, and, and again, uh, you know, the, the, there, there, there's multiple, there's always multiple tragedies when something like this happens. The, the real one is, 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 is the, the young lady who lost her life and, uh, and that poor, and, and the, the five-year-old kid who lost his mother, that, that, that is the tragedy. Uh, second is, is, is Darius proving to all students, not all, I was going to say athletes, all the students at Alabama, it's a good lesson that, uh, you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And frankly, sometimes you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you're part of the reason you are part of the reason it's the wrong place at the wrong time. And why can't everyone, uh, throw water on a fire? And, and what I worry is there was a little bit of a fire and, and somehow gasoline got thrown on it and, and now lives are changed. Here's the thing too, especially on social media, like people can't separate. Um, you can, you can feel sorry for Darius miles mm-hmm. at the same time, not absolve him of guilt. Correct. And people are having a hard time doing that on social media. They're like well, that punk should have known better than to be around a guy that would blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something, buddy. You don't know what some of your friends are capable of, some of your family members are capable of. So even if you aren't the shooter, which it may come out later, his his attorney has come out and said, hey, I can't wait to have my day in court. I profess my innocence. You just don't know. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm supposed to put a live read in right now. I'm not going to do it out of, out of respect for the moment and respect for this sponsor because it's kind of hard to go from what we're talking about to a live read. So I'm not going to do that. We're just going to take two quick commercial breaks. We'll be back. We'll talk about the effect of this on the team. All right. I hope people understand, especially our bosses that um, why I didn't want to put a live read right there. I was just looking at this and going, I don't know that I should read that right now. And I think it would be a bad segue. So, um, all right. How does this affect the team? Playing, playing wise, it's not an effect. I mean, no disrespect to Darius Miles, but he was a, a non-factor on this team. He was. He was already announced yeah. out for the season, and and I, I don't know. I saw him. I saw him jumping around at the game Saturday. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not so sure he was out for the rest of the season with an ankle injury. And I think we now know that Darius is just dealing with a lot of issues. And but he he wasn't going to play the rest of the season yeah. anyway. His absence means nothing in terms of how the season was going to play out. But but now his absence may mean a lot because of, of we all know what's happened. And, you know, things like this can – they can galvanize a team. They can rip a team apart. 
the problem I have is, you know, one thing we have bragged on in this podcast about this basketball team is the chemistry, the, the cohesiveness, how together they seem to play. Now, they've done all that without Darius Miles, okay? They did all that in the summer without Darius Miles. I mean, now he may have been involved to a degree, but he hadn't been playing much. And he had, he, so if you aren't playing as much, you also aren't going to practice as much, meaning you're not going to factor in the practice as much too. So again, I'm not worried about that aspect. I am worried about the mental aspect of this. I'm also mildly worried about, okay, was anybody else at the scene? We don't know. I've seen the rumors. I'm not going to spread any of them, but was anybody else there? And if they were, what, what kind of fallout is there from that? What if, again, I'm not going to use any names and it's going to feel like I'm using names when I say this, but what if some of the players or one of the players or any of the players that were there is it, uh, has an NBA future? Would it not stand to reason that maybe, even if it, there's no involvement, no involvement, it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this has happened. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here in the moment. It's surreal. Maybe... Maybe his family, maybe he, maybe his advisors say, you know what, maybe the best thing for you to do is, is to take a break from basketball, period. Um, I'm not trying to spread anything to happen. I'm just saying I'm worried about how all this is going to play out. Now, let's all assume that no other basketball players were even in the vicinity, uh, you know, were witness or whatever. So we play Vanderbilt tomorrow night at 730 at a place that has been a hellhole for us. It's arguably a hell hole for everybody just in the sense that you have to play in it and it is not a great place to benches are at the opposite ends of the goals. The, um, the, when you go, if you go out of bounds enough, you go into a pit, an orchestra pit. Um, and it's, it's, it's just not a great place to play basketball. I've been there a few times. I just don't enjoy, I, I don't enjoy that place. They need a new arena as bad as we do. Um, and so, Vanderbilt's also a team that put up 63 points in the second half against Arkansas. So they're going to be running and gunning and having fun and, and full of themselves. They beat Arkansas. They're, they're beginning to get on track a little bit. And here we are, the hottest team in the country. I think that's undeniable. And the brakes have been put on in a violent way. Um, so how does the team react to react to this? Do they do they become more organized or do things – do we really see some cracks on, on Tuesday night, Jimmy? think it's the uh, biggest uh, challenge maybe of Nate Oates entire career uh, going all the way back to his days at, at, uh, at, in Duluth at Romulus uh, and then in Buffalo and now in Tuscaloosa I think this is the biggest challenge of his career is uh, dealing with this uh, and, and not letting uh, the on the court stuff be affected by the off the court stuff uh, these are young kids who uh can be easily affected when their friend uh through and what they've all been witness to and by that i mean they've all been a witness to darius's career and his time at alabama and now their friend is sitting in jail very possibly for his entire life or worse so how nate oates uh is able to navigate this uh you know, and, and we don't want to speculate, like Lisa, we don't want to speculate on whether other players were, were involved and whether they have to be punished. Uh, if so, I, I mean, but, 
you know, we, we don't want to speculate on that until we know more. But the point is, this would be really difficult to handle, period, just with the facts we already know. Uh, and then, you know, we talk about schedule luck, Luke. We, we can talk about that term all the time, schedule luck. Some of it is who is on the schedule. <laughs> that, that's some of it. But this is another big, big part of schedule luck to me is when you play teams. For instance, Vanderbilt, like a month ago, was pretty and playing at Nashville, I wouldn't have even raised an eyebrow because they were playing so bad. Now they're playing great. <laughs> now they're playing great. The very last half of basketball they played was the best they played the entire season. So we're catching Vanderbilt coming off of their best half of the whole year. And then with the news of what happened in Tuscaloosa, you combine those two things and the schedule luck here is pretty horrible uh, in terms of, you know, especially we're just catching Vanderbilt at, at the worst possible time to play them. So uh, Alabama did lose to, I think they lost to Vanderbilt last year. Didn't they lose uh, down the stretch? Cause uh, Pippen uh, shot like 97 free throws. And um, I, I, so I think we, we lose to, to Vanderbilt last year. So a little bit of a revenge game here and uh, you know, and it is a difficult place to play. So you is throw it? all that in. I, I'm curious. Is it a revenge game? Do you, do you have revenge games in basketball? I don't think you do. I don't, we, we should. We should. If we but don't, I don't we think should. You do. Okay. Well, for one thing, the uh, only way you have a revenge game in basketball is if somebody like beats you for national championship or beats you to get in the four or something. I don't think it's a revenge game in basketball because there's so many games. I mean, and you can have a rivalry, but you're not going to have a revenge game. I don't think. I'm saying we lost to these guys last time we played. I'm sure that's going to come up that, hey, we lost yeah. this building last year. So it is a new roster. You know, Pippen's not even a player for them anymore. Uh, you know, we have a new roster. So I, I doubt that's a huge factor, but it's a good point about how, yeah, you can lose in Nashville. Trust me, we did it less than a year ago. So you can lose this game. And with everything going on, uh, gosh, uh, just my, I'm going to be very impressed. We, we, we bragged about this team's mental toughness. Uh, to say it's put to the test is something. And here's what's really important, Luke. If, if the team is in a funk, if the team is in a mental funk and they can't play well, it's understandable, but you can't let that turn into a slide, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you want to do. It, this can't turn into a slide. Alabama's just accomplished so much, and it will be such a shame that this off-court uh, tragedy uh, – starts a slide uh, that uh, is irrecoverable. I do now want to tell everybody about Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories where well, you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to lose some weight. I do this by eating some Built Bars for lunch or for breakfast or even dinner sometimes. Built Bar is unbelievable filling. They taste delicious. They will certainly satisfy you uh, like other particular chocolatey kind of bar, but uh, that isn't as good for you. I don't want to steal their, you know, their thunder nor give them any free rest because they don't advertise with us. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate, not screwing around with some of this fake chocolate, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, uh, coconut, almond, all these things are absolutely delicious. And now you can also get them at Walmart. You can also get them at Sam's Club. 
or you can get them at built.com, which is where we've always said, go get them at built.com, go check out.com. But if you're in Walmart and you're like, Hey, I really need something nutritious. And I'm listening to this awesome podcast and they're telling me about this chocolatey treat. That's absolutely delicious. Well then just mosey on over to the nutrition aisle. Uh, so over there by the pharmacy, I know exactly where it is and go get you some built bars. You can get you a bunch of them. You can get you a few of them. You want to get just one and try it out. You'll be hooked. I'm telling you, go to built uh, and check out all their other flavors. They got them all there at built.com. Go to built.com. You'll absolutely love it. Uh, you can't beat them. Can't beat them with a stick and uh, it's built.com. That's all I need to say. Also want to tell everybody, thank you y'all for uh, checking us out uh, again. Also want you to encourage you to check out Locked On College Basketball. This is a great podcast. It's super. It's a lot more fun now if you're an Alabama fan and we're doing well. So go check out Locked On College Basketball. That's what the Locked In Network does is it, it finds a niche and uses it very or niche. Would you prefer niche? Okay, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm um, going niche. I know. I'm going with niche because Niche makes me sound like something, such an uppity jerk. I wouldn't listen to a podcast who said, this is my niche. I'd be like, no, you already proved you're not my niche. Um, Have you ever listened to that cool podcast with Jimmy and that guy from France? I'd be like, shut up, niche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go, go check out Locked On College Basketball. All right, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about some coordinator stuff. Um and what might have been the funniest thing that happened last night, it wasn't a lot of funny that happened last night because the Darius Miles news was dominated. But we're on a text chain, and somebody sent us a picture, a fuzzy, grainy uh, okay. picture of Nick Saban speaking to somebody in a restaurant who happened to be bald-headed, and all we could do was try to put our collective brains together and try to figure out who this was. And it turned out, I won't even say who it was. I mean, you can if you want to. But it turned out to not be any defensive coordinator candidate. Everybody assumed it was. It wasn't Jeremy Pruitt. He thought it was Jeremy Pruitt. And then somebody looked a little closer. I guess they just magnified it so much that eventually you got the right pixels. And uh, – they were like, uh, yeah, this isn't Jeremy Pruitt. This is just some other bald-headed dude. And so, <laughs> that is where we are in trying to figure out what Nick's do with this defensive coordinator thing. And, look, I'm pro Jeremy Pruitt. I've said before, and I don't mean this as an insult at, at, mm-hmm. at Hugh Freeze or Auburn, but if Hugh Freeze is hireable, Jeremy Pruitt is hireable. I really believe that. Just hire him. It doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't – rules are done. It's over. So just uh, hire him. Yeah, I mean, he probably did some of that McDonald's stuff. I'd fully, freely admit it, but it doesn't matter anymore. Well, that's not that. That's somewhat my opinion. I, I do think that it, it's it's uh, the ongoing NCAA investigation is an obstacle. I think it's up to Alabama's uh, lawyers and Alabama's compliance team and Alabama's athletic department to figure out what those obstacles are. And really, it's a case of it's almost simple. It's almost as simple as you, you talk to someone at the NCAA, their lawyers, their legal team, and basically what you're going over is a worst case scenario. Hey, if we hire this guy, what's the worst thing that can happen to, to Alabama by hiring this guy? And, and, and then, then you make a decision from there. Maybe it's something you can easily live with or somewhat easily live with, or maybe you get information that's like, we just can't do this uh, because the worst case scenario is just too bad. So I, I don't know the substance of those conversations. I just know this. 
uh, and I mean this as a compliment to, to Coach Pruitt, is if, if this wasn't out there, if this barrier, this obstacle wasn't out there, this would have been over. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, had Coach Pruitt left Tennessee with no NCAA cloud, he had just been let go for not winning enough games, uh, I think he would have he would have be our defensive coordinator today because he would have been our defensive coordinator in 2021 uh, in 2022. You know, these past two years that Heupel's been at Tennessee, I, I think Coach Pruitt would have gone immediately to Tuscaloosa and been the Pete Golding. I believe that. So I think the only thing keeping Coach Pruitt out of the defensive coordinator position today at Alabama is that obstacle. And it's being determined how tall the obstacle is. Uh, and if it's determined that it is too tall, then there are other really intriguing candidates like Glenn Schumann, like Jim Leonard. But as we record this on a Monday morning, and my, I may get information that changes this, but as of Monday morning, I suspect that our defensive coordinator will be one of those three people. And I think all three are home runs. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, Glenn yeah. Schumann, Jim Leonard, all three home runs. Uh, my personal preference is uh, is Jeremy uh, because we know him. He's one of us. Uh, we we know what kind of defensive coordinator he is. He has experience in the system. I want it to be Coach Pruitt, but we also need to know what the ramifications of hiring him are. Well, and also he's a great recruiter. Um, yes, it means super recruiter. So yeah, I'm 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 for it too. Again, I it 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 feels weird because I do know about the. Uh, the allegations, I know about all that. And I'd be fine with other two guys too. Um, I was listening to uh, a replay of College XM, whatever College XM station it is, because I leave for work about five in the morning. And so the replay I had an interview with Tom Luganbill and whatever talking head he happened to be with, and uh, Chuck Oliver from 680 The Fan in Atlanta. And Chuck Oliver was about how far Georgia is ahead of Alabama and everybody else, but specifically Alabama. He talked about how Kirby Smart has essentially, you know, locked the door and uh, made it so there is no pathway to catch Georgia and blah, blah, blah. And how, you know, Nick Saban has is, is certainly fallen off somewhat. I kept thinking, I get it. I, I get why an outsider might think that. Like an outsider random fan might say, you know, Alabama lost two games this year and didn't even go to the playoffs. Again, I want to remind everybody, we did lose those two games on the last play of the game. And both of those games on the road were tougher than just about any Georgia played, almost including the playoffs outside of Ohio State. Couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Tennessee, ten, as, as good as they were, and, and again, Georgia just certainly earned that national championship. They did. They, they didn't beat Tennessee in Knoxville. They beat Tennessee at home. They didn't uh, have to play LSU in Baton Rouge. They played LSU in a neutral uh, setting. Had Alabama, all the evidence in the world, Luke, suggests that had Alabama played Tennessee and LSU at home or in neutral sites, Alabama would have won the game. Don't, don't, don't we normally say, well, when you're on the road, they're getting three points from Vegas. We'll give Alabama three points, <laughs> and they win both games. So, I, and I, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Georgia or being fictional about, about my favorite team, but – Whenever anybody says Georgia's way ahead of Alabama, I'm like, don't the head-to-head -head Georgia to Alabama games count? No, they just Alabama. don't count for anything. And here's the Alabama, other thing. The only game Georgia won, Alabama led in the fourth quarter. Jimmy, if, 
everybody that I know that's an Alabama fan has had no problem saying, hey, Georgia, y'all earned this title. You earned it. And, I mean, yeah, some people do throw in about, well, if Marvin Harrison had gotten hurt and if Jamo hadn't gotten hurt, I'm not going to even do that. I, I, you won it. it. Injuries are part of the game. You won it. You won it. You won it. Now, where I think we all take exception is when – and Chuck Oliver didn't come out and say this, but he, he, he sort of hinted this is what you want, he wants you to do. All right, you said Georgia earned the title. Now say they're the best that you've ever seen. And stay, say Stetson Bennett would beat Skeletor in a one in hand-to-hand combat by himself, even if Skeletor had stormtroopers backing him up. Just say it. Say it right now. And I'm like, I'm not saying that. They they did well. They're not the best team ever, but they did really well. And can I just say they did well? I'm not, I'm not the one who's trying to put an asterisk by anything. I'm just saying Georgia won the title. They deserve the rings. They deserve the fun. But quit trying to make me say – that Alabama, forget anybody else. Alabama cannot catch up because we can. We're not even the it's, the race isn't even over. They're so eager to get Alabama people to admit that the dynasty is over. That's what it's about. They the want Alabama best. fans to say the dynasty is over and the dynasty is now Georgia. That there's this rush to do that, and maybe that's true. Maybe it is. Let's play a no whole nother football season. And if Georgia wins the third straight national championship and Alabama's not even in Atlanta, you might get me to start agreeing, you know, but there has to be more than the evidence we have right now. There has to be more than that. And that's why I'm very eager about this upcoming season uh, because I think Alabama and Nick Saban, they do have a lot to prove. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will be back tomorrow, hopefully, with some more news and and clearing up the Darius Miles situation. We'll see. But uh, until then, we'll see you guys tomorrow. And roll tight. Roll tight.